everyone could enjoy their vacation time. Uh, we're back in full swing until the next holiday. We put on the brakes a little bit so everyone can enjoy. So welcome, welcome again. This is an interactive. We are going across seven platforms. What you type in the comments, we can see. So feel free, everyone, to say hello and to join us. We have a great show tonight. I'm really happy. Um, because you, there are a lot of artists that you, you know their name and you're, you're traveling in same circles and you know the same people and you finally get to meet them. And that's the case tonight. And I'm so thrilled to finally catch up with John Serge. Hello. Hi, Randy. How are you? Great to be here. I'm doing well. Thanks. Oh, that's good. That's good. So people are just going to be joining us. We'll give them a few minutes. To kind of chime in sure uh, but let's start this is on the ranch and we talk really all things that are country music and you know as well as i do country music these days is a broad field it's a wide that's, a lot of people call, yeah right a lot of people call their stuff country your stuff is like pure honky-tonk <laughs> well thank you i think that's <laughs> Pure fun, and we're gonna get some more of that. But talk to me about what's country to you? Why country music? Well, why country music? That's a good. That's a good question. Um, you know, for me, I feel like it's um, country music uh, found me more than I found it. Maybe you know, it's just kind of how I write. Um, you know, lyrically. Uh, song structures, kind of how I sing, you know, I kind of was handed some, you know, some tools or, you know, some ways that I go about things and it just seems to be natural that it fits into, a, you know, they got to put you somewhere into a country genre. And, um, but, you know, with that said, uh, I do take, you know, a lot of uh, inspiration from you know, classic country and, um, you know, all the way from the, you know, fifties through the, through the nineties, you know, and, and take the best of that and try to learn from it and try to, you know, research it and take, take that. So I, I would assume that kind of gets into my music because, you know, I'm, I'm really trying to, uh, just, um, immerse myself in the best, in what I think is the best country music. And hopefully somehow that, kind of ekes through and, you know, comes out in, in the songs that I write. Well, it's interesting because your music is really upbeat, like the honky tonk, like dancing. And it's interesting that that's you is the country music, you know, the upbeat, let's have some fun. Let's go to a bar and, and, you know, <laughs> raise, 
raise some cane, right? Yeah. Well, some of that's, uh, you know, because that's where we're playing. We're playing a lot of bars, a lot of people who don't know us. And, um, you know, so it is about having a good time. You know, I always think of it's like there's nothing more, there's nothing more valuable than making people feel great on a Friday and Saturday night, you know, having, having a couple of drinks after they've had a hard week. And I take that kind of responsibility seriously. You know, we're there to entertain them, have a great time and, uh, you know, let people kind of let blow off some steam. So that's interesting because at the end of the day, we're entertainers, you know, and that is our job. And you have to know where your audience and maybe a bar audience is different than some other rooms that you're going to play. Right. Right. Um, yeah, we play, we play a lot of bars. We play a lot of, uh, uh, breweries and barbecue places, you know, and sometimes we play a lot of places that are used to hearing cover bands. So, um, you know, we're kind of competing with that. So we want to, so yeah, there's, there's a little bit of, you know, the, we're, we're trying to be uh, higher energy. And honestly, that's kind of what I like. I, I respond. I try to like play music that I like. And um, if I go to see music, I, I tend to, you know, I love all kinds of music. One of the best shows I've saw in the last few months was uh, Roseanne Cash. Mm. You know, very, very, um, it was, you know, her and her husband, and very, uh, sedate for the most part you know just gorgeous beautiful i love that but uh for the most part you know i'm i'm kind of responding to high energy upbeat like you see honky tonk somewhat you know kind of loud and rowdy loud and rowdy <laughs> um, uh, and and then again you find your audience from there like the, the bars and i'm sure you pick your set list accordingly but oh, yes. you're my you're my hero in that you brought up the whole, you know, some people want to listen to cover music. They don't know that they really want a good original music. That's See? right. And you kind of have to slide it in there and make it fun and worth listening to. Yeah, to me, that's a great challenge. You know, we have a lot of that. It's just, it's just kind of a wave right here. Southern, certainly in Southern California, even in LA, you know, a lot of cover uh, bands, a lot of tribute bands. So I take that as a big challenge, right? So we go mm -hmm. in and play music they've never heard. And, um, you know, let's see if we can convert them. <laughs> now, you're talking about LA. Yeah. And I'm trying to dispel the stigma of country music is like South, you know? And that there are country music's everywhere. And I had somebody on YouTube, thank you, says, yes, there's country music in South Africa. Thank you for <laughs> listening. I know it's six hours later that you're going to be listening when you're waking up and, you know, things like that. You're, you're ahead of us by a lot. Yeah. But um, country music alive and well, is it a, a harder sell in L.A.? Well, anything's a hard sell in LA. LA. Everybody's so jaded, right? But there's there's a there's kind of a dedicated, uh, you know, like in any big city. I'm sure even in New York, you know, there's there's just bars that that focus on that, and you got to find your little niche. So it's not like the, you know, the the large venues are having country music, but there's venues, and um, and Southern California has a rich history of country music. I mean, it's just 
it's phenomenal when you look at it, you know, from the 40s and the 50s, from, uh, you know, bands that came from and acts that came from Bakersfield. But just, you know, a lot of influences I have are from 80s country music in, in L.A. You know, so a mix of people in, in southern L.A., like in South California, you really have a lot of different cultures coming together. Yeah, that's for sure. And, um, you know, and just and such a large space, you know, it's I mean, L.A., right? So it's Southern California it runs from, you know, probably Santa Barbara to San Diego. And we play all all over there and, and all kinds of different venues and all kinds of different folks that you run into. So, um, you know, sometimes sometimes I get this, you know, hey, we don't I don't like country music, but I like you guys. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's a compliment or what, but um Someone on, on the radio in Connecticut said you might be a gateway to country music. So I'll, I'll, I'll take that. <laughs> you know, country music doesn't know what country music is these days. I mean, you talked a little bit about song structure. Yeah. And I'm a big stickler on song structure because I really wanted to know what makes a country song. Well, there's imagery. Folk music uses imagery. You know, and then you go into the, you know, pre-chorus, chorus. Well, that's rock and pop you know, and all these things kind of seem to be merging together. Right. Well, I, you know, if you really want to get down into it and kind of get in deep, you know, it's, I think a lot of it is simple song structures that are, you know, passed down and passed down. And they just, they don't, they don't veer from tradition, right? So a lot of country music is, about keeping the tradition and not feeling like you have to reinvent the wheel every time you write a song. Okay. Um, so I think it's very lyrically driven, you know, whether they're uh, goofy lyrics, comedy lyrics, insightful lyrics, you know, heartbreaking. So lyrics, I think, drive country music, even, even you know, not the country music I like, you know, Nashville country, it's still very lyrically driven, I think. And, and then sonically, there's certain things that I think speak country, right? Um, certain instruments, pedal steel, banjo, uh, fiddle for sure, you know, mandolin, those textures, I think. So when you start adding it all together, I think people hear, oh, that's country, you know? But it's got all kinds of, right? It's got rockabilly and, and blues and folk and, you know, it's all in there. So. Oh, we got some rappers. Okay. Some, <laughs> some country rap. Oh, for sure. That's for sure. You know, yeah. um, bit of a yeah. controversy. I, I think it's, again, it's so lyrically driven. I almost think you could take some of those rap lyrics and really kind of, you know, melodically shift it and you'd see a country song, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's what Someone covered gin and juice, right? It's, you know, so absolutely, if, if they're good lyrics, for sure, I, I, I think that's, uh, um, you know, there was a time, you know, straight out of Compton, I love that record, you know, when it came out. Um, it's just an amazing record. Um, but yeah, I, that's, I think the best country music today is very, um, um, you know, it's the best storytelling is what I think. Right. Right. And you do stick to some tried and true topics. 
Um, <laughs> a lot of, um, it, it's funny because uh, you and I don't seem to have much luck like in a dating bar scene. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm, I'm happily married and, you know, it's, it's not necessarily all uh, autobiographical. For me, what it is, is uh, I'm a kind of a snoop, you know, I'm a, I'm, I'm listening in on conversations and, you know, trying to, I got my antenna up and I'm trying to capture anything that I can hear and, and, uh, and write it down or write it in my phone. And, but yeah, there's a lot of, um, it's, it's a lot of relationship driven, uh, material for me. And, you know, it's what country's a good, good heartbreak music, right? Yeah, that it is. That it is. <laughs> But you have a song. The first song up is going to be um, "Your Wonderful Life," which I, it's it's a little snarky. It's a little snarky. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> first time I listen, I'm like, oh, you know, like I'm thinking of the movie, you know, and I'm like, oh, that's that's got some. Yeah. I yeah, know that's... I'm the one who has to tone down their snarky when I'm writing. <laughs> like, hey, we gotta we gotta dial that back. Yeah. Yeah, it's um. This one goes back to the first album. Okay. All right. Why don't we give it a listen? And you can okay. tell us all about it when we come back. I like it. Like I feel tonight 
such a wonderful life I'm on the outside looking at your wonderful life I'm on the outside looking at your wonderful life And we are back with John Serge. That was a wonderful life. Now, um, I'm hearing like some little LA in there, like, you know, with all of the stars and everything, you are looking at their life and thinking how wonderful, but yet you keep looking and it's not so grand. Was that in there? <laughs> uh, you know, it's hard to say, you know, but um, I, I would just say it's, it's that kind of that longing for, you know, like you're saying, you're seeing someone else's life and sometimes uh, it seems a little bit better than yours or you feel like people are a little better off than you are. And sometimes it, uh, sometimes it hurts sometimes, but sometimes you can be a little snarky about it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, Billy, Billy's been listening and he liked it. Thought it was All great. Right. So Billy's chimed in. If anyone else is watching, this is interactive. If you have any questions, any thoughts, throw them out there and we could, we could add it to what we're doing. So, all right. So, um, okay. So you did that. Do you write with your band? Do you write a separate of the band? Um, uh, for most of the songs are written by me, uh, kind of just me with a guitar, you know, in my room. Uh, my music room. Um, uh, some of the songs are co-written with my guitar player, uh, Randy Bolin. And then occasionally I, I'll go co-write with some other, someone else from, you know, some other musician. Um, so I do a little bit of everything. Co-writing is a strange animal. Yes, it is. <laughs> that is for sure. You know, you can have two of the most talented people in the room. It doesn't mean they can co-write a song. No, um, I've gotten better at it. It used to be just torture for me, you know, just kind of sitting there staring at each other, you know, you know, the, I, for me, it's always thing is not to have judgment too soon in co-writing. That's like the biggest thing I've, I've done some actually really good co-writing just lyrically with, um, with email trading your lyrics, uh, trading emails and honing lyrics and writing back like you were you write a line i'll write a line you write a line i'll write a line and kind of build it from there um but um it is hard it is hard i think i think it's a learned skill i think it's a learned skill it is and, and um i did one face to face this was way before covid with anthony krizan he was the guitar player for the spin doctors okay and I'm in this room with like he's just a massive talent. I'm like, oh, he agreed to co-write with me, and I don't know why. And you know what? There was this glaring black blank screen, and we had a different process, but we were able to bring it together, which oh, I was good. really yeah, happy. That's, about. that's the thing with everybody's got a little different way they go about it, and it's hard if you don't have an idea to start from. That usually helps for me. Right. Right. Um, now, do you write from prompts? Do you, like you said, you're eavesdropping and then something just piques your interest? I tend to write from titles. Um, you know, I know some people 
don't believe in that sort of thing. But that's where for me, it's kind of weird. If I don't, if I don't have a title, it's, it's hard for me. I do write some songs um, where the whole song's written with melodies and, you know, chords, the whole song's written, but there's no words or there's just jumble, jumble words. For me, those are harder songs to write because uh, you got to fit and wedge the words in to what you've already set up. I've done a lot. I, I do study Bob Dylan and, um, you know, not to say that I could approach him, but uh, what I, I did study a lot that he wrote lyrics first. And, um, and I, I do that a lot now. So I, I, I will write just a, basically a poem and then take that and put it to music. Kind of also, you know, it's uh, Bernie Taupin, Elton John. And um, well, think of that co-write. Think of that experience. I mean, one person that's totally lyrics and one person that's totally music. Right. You know, and, and it works for them. It, you yeah. know, they have a tremendous process. I don't know what it is. Do they email? Do they sit in the same room? I. It's amazing. Yeah, from what I read and understood, you know, Bernie Toppin sent him sent Elton lyrics, and then it was off to then it was up to Elton. I don't, I don't know that Bernie Taupin had any input into, you know, how the song sounded or where they went. I don't know. Yeah. But, you know, there's not very many instances. I think in general, people don't, most artists don't write from lyrics first, but that's just, that's something I've, just from getting frustrated from having to almost like settle for something that I've, um, you know, kind of cornered myself into by creating a, a melody and you know and then i have to put words to it you know paul mccartney did it pretty well <laughs> well i i start lyrics um i i always have because i'm a singer first and, and i could play guitar like i have a little guitar you know and i tend to make up chords in my head and i can't find them on the guitar <laughs> okay so yeah i'm always back into stuff but um for me that's where i always start i need to know like I'm not starting with the chorus. Like you start with the title, which you like the chorus, and and then I get the feel of it and work kind of through verse. Yeah, sometimes I just try to uh, force myself to do something different, so I'm not in the same pattern. Yes. So um, that just that helps me to kind of break out of my own box. I, do, uh, I so I you know it's for me it's like a never-ending process to see how good you can get how, how better you can get at writing songs and it's not a matter of time either it's it, you know there are some songs that take years there are some that fall into your lap like you said and almost completely written yeah know? Um, i wish that happened more for me but uh, <laughs> you know uh, i've had ones that taken years for sure yeah yeah but for this latest record it's kind of interesting i did I did a little process that I had come out of COVID lockdowns and all that stuff, realizing I hadn't done much. And I was feeling almost, you know, like, Oh my goodness, what a waste of, what a waste of an opportunity. And so I, I kind of hunkered down and I, I made a, a pledge to myself that I'd write two songs a week for three months. And I, I would say, so that would be, you know, I didn't quite make two a week, but by the end of it, I had, uh, I think, 17 songs 
and um, and that became the bulk of this record. And it's, it's the foundation of the one I'm working on right now as well. Right. That's there's an organization that has a website. I wish I could remember the name. Is it Songsters or something like that? Where they take February, where you're supposed to write a song a day for the whole month of February. Oh. I, I think I made it a few days in. <laughs> yeah. That's that's yeah, hard. I'm like, I'm gonna work on this for a while. Like, like yeah, stop. Yeah. I, stop yeah. it. I can't, I can't, you know. Yeah, that's a that's a good uh that's that's a I think there's something like that to challenge, you know, two a week was a lot for me, you know, was a challenge for me, but one a day would be super hard, I think. Um, but, I, you know, the, the thing was. My pledge was to finish it. Right. So it had to be finished in two weeks. You can kind of get an idea every day, but mm -hmm. to finish it, the, you know, I think the hard part, I'm sure some people can do it. You know, that would be right. a challenge. Right. I can write lyrics every day. It doesn't mean they're going to make sense and be good. I really like to like to take my time and really to me, finish a song. I'm not the most prolific songwriter, but I take my time with what I do and I, I hone my craft. Yeah. I hear you. So you have a similar process there where you want a quality song, not just a million songs that are halfway there. Right. Right. So. Oh, what do we have coming up next? I listened to this next one, <laughs> which is Big Train. Is there another meaning to this Big Train? I mean, come on. Well, there's a little story behind Big Train, and okay. you can take whatever meaning you want out of it. I will say right, uh, it, there may be a little double entendre there. There but, has uh, Yeah, there but... Um, so Big Train is not a song I wrote. Big Train is a song written by Tony Kinman and Chip Kinman of the band Rank and File. They're, they're kind of a famous uh, Austin then to LA band um, that kind of was a, a, a forerunner of the cowpunk movement in the 80s. And so I'm a, kind of a big fan of them. And, and this song, I... I they wrote after that, they wrote it as, as an electronica band, if you can imagine that. And um, I just found the song and, or not, I didn't find it, but you know, I liked it and I kind of reinvented it. And then I got Chip Kinman to sing and play on it. So that's what this song's all about. So what's the meaning behind it though? Well, you'd have to ask the writers, but, um, or just listen, right, you know? But yeah, there is a there's a couple there's there's a couple there's a few messages running through it if you listen to it. But there there you know as as many things in music, sexual tension tends to uh, run through many of many of the songs. Uh, many of the songs. <laughs> All right, listeners, I want you to chime in, and maybe not. Here we go with Big Train.
transportation There is nothing that lacks We don't know where we're going Or if we're coming back So come along and ride the big train to the ranch we're here with john surge tonight uh, we got some great honky tonk going for you tonight some, some great mm-hmm. upbeat country music for you um and your band is john surge and the haymakers that's right and sometimes you're a trio sometimes there's more of you i see in the video well um uh no it's it's almost always um we do some, I do some duo shows and solo shows, but pr- mostly it's uh, either a four piece or a five piece. So okay. uh, two guitars, bass and drums. And sometimes we add pedal steel or keyboards. Lately we've been having a pretty steady uh, fifth member playing pedal steel. In that video, uh, Chip Kidman, who wrote, who was a co-writer of the song, 
he was singing along with me in that in that video. That's great. My first producer was Marty Rifkin, big pedal steel guy out in L.A. Marty Rifkin uh, played on my first record. First that, he's a great guy. Oh, he's amazing. Yeah. Really, one of the most, you know, he had such a great influence. But the first time in the studio, I couldn't have learned from like a bigger, uh, more sincere artist. You know. Yeah, he's he's a great guy. He, I, it was just amazing to watch. I got to actually, I went to the session that he, when he laid down the tracks for my, the record with Kevin Jarvis, the producer. And it was, it was fun to watch. He actually played some guitar as well. Oh yeah, he's talented. And yeah. he's played with just about anybody, but he hands me my CD and he said, do yourself a favor. Don't have it reviewed because when you ask people's opinion, they're going to say something and you know where your strengths are and what, what are. And I'm like, that's like the best advice I think I've ever, ever gotten. Sure. You know, if you ask people for an opinion, they're going to have one, you know, that's right. They're going to have something to say. So he was really wonderful. So have you used the same people for the next and upcoming albums? You know, um, I do tend to, kind of branch out and I use I, I do use a lot of musicians that are not in my live band so um, on this record that just came out in September I actually went to uh, Texas to, to record it so I kind of went producer first I, I selected the producer I wanted to work with which was his name is Tommy Dedamore and he's kind of known for um, He's done uh, Jim Lauderdale records. Um, he did the last Doug Somm record, Sonny Sweetie, uh, Bill Kirchin, uh, Jesse Daniel. So I kind of like the sound of his records and decided, you know what, what the hell, I'm gonna, I, I make a joke that, cause there's no studios in LA, I had to go to Texas to find a studio, <laughs> right? But, um, so my, my guitar player, Randy Bolin and I, we, we actually, drove all the way to San Antonio, kind of the outskirts, a little hick town in, um, south of San Antonio and and kind of holed up for nine days and, and recorded most of the record in that time. And we used a, a group of musicians that were work with Tommy that are all from Austin. Oh, so Austin's it really depends. Great music really, town. Great music yeah, town. Yeah. And you know what? Every one of them had a, a, a linkage to L.A. It was very interesting that every one of the musicians there had at one time or another lived in L.A. or played in L.A. That's interesting. It really yeah. is. The people listening who don't understand that might not be musicians, how important is the picking your producer and the chemistry of your producer? Well, um, it's really everything. And, and I've you know, I, it's something that's kind of a mystery always, you know, to, to try to figure out who the best person to work with. And I remember we, we drove all the way, you know, to, to Texas and Tommy said, well, I guess you put a leap of faith, you know, <laughs> and, and you just, you don't never, you don't ever really know, you know, you talk on the phone a little bit, you, you know, you know the records, but you don't know how, and there's all kinds of stories of, you know, people walk in and they have personality conflicts, you know, straight off the bat. Um, in, in this, in the last two records, in, in this one in particular, um, since it's the most recent, I feel like we really hit on it. You know, Tommy was really knew what I was trying to 
do with the record, gave me great input, great advice, you know, put a great band together. Then he had also, on top of it, he's just a phenomenal pedal steel player. So all the pedal steel on the record is Tommy, actually the producer playing on it. Oh, that's gonna, that sounds like something we want to hear. Yeah. That's really good. But you drove all that way. And again, you, it's like dating. I swear. It's the only comparison when you're working with musicians are important, but that producer, you're handing them your, your children, you know, like, you know, <laughs> and it's up to them to take your ideas and make them color, you know, and you walk in that room and it could be like, oh, you know, and you know, almost in, instantly if there's that spark and that kind of creative chemistry at work. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, and, and he does have a process. He does kind of make records in a certain way. And I had to just kind of let, you know, trust it really. And, and it was, it was faster than I've ever recorded. You know, wow. we, we went in and, um, so we recorded uh, the the foundation, what they call the basic tracks uh, for the, you know those who may not know the you know the the band the band playing the song that's kind of the foundation the drums the bass and um, uh, in our case keyboards guitars and we recorded ten songs in in really four hours a day for two days I mean it was it was just phenomenal. Wow! Yeah. Billy says it sounds like it looks like a good marriage. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was. It was really, um, uh, you know, just even even mixing, there was uh, very little that I had, you know, very little um, input, honestly. The, you know, so um, I wanted to make a, country, a real country record. Is that hard for you, though? Is that hard for you, kind of? It sounds like you used you used to being a little more hands on. <laughs> well, sometimes you get hands on when you lose trust, right? Um, okay. Or, you get, or, you, or things are, aren't quite feeling instinctively, you know, like they should. In this case, I felt uh, I felt like it was, um, you know, my vision more and plus more. So that oh. it was a great feeling. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. That's really good. So you were able to trust him and say, you know what, run with it. I trust you. You're going to make this into something big. Well, at, at the lightning speed that we were recording at, honestly, I didn't have much chance or much say. It was it was going to be what it was going to be. Uh, now, you know, as we put overdubs and put stuff on, you know, then things got a little bit more where we were kind of, uh, what's the right thing? What's what's what does need to be changed and editing and that sort of thing but laying it down and really the core of it 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 was um you know it was my songs and and his process and we were just kind of it was it was a big train going down the track <laughs> right right have you started video for that yet i see you like doing videos i mean you have quite a few videos up on youtube um you know we there's another, there's one more video for this. So yeah, I did three videos for this, um, this new record, just because um, uh, it's a good way to get the press to cover um, the songs and the music. 
and I and I have a couple of really good folks that I know that can you know make videos that I think that make me feel comfortable because it's a video is a whole nother thing where you you have very little input right so you really there's a lot of trust there that you don't look silly you know in in a music video and um so the three that we did for this record i, I feel really good about you know um, there's one that hasn't quite just it was just released for uh rattle me it was just premiered on americana uk uh website and it'll be coming out um, this next week to the public oh cool 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 so yeah, there's so many different dimensions to just one song. You know, you have the production piece. That's one thing. Now it's there. All right, now how do you bring it to life even more? You make a video. You got to get it up on a platform. There's so many different balls in the air for just one song. Yeah, one three-minute song. There's a, <laughs> there's a lot that goes. There's a lot that goes into it. It's pretty amazing when you think about it. You know. Uh, you, it would seem a lot, it would seem like it should be a lot easier and a lot simpler, but. Uh, well, you know, it's so simple that 60,000 songs a day are uploaded to Spotify. Well, that's true. That's true. So it must be easy to 60,000 people a day yeah. are putting yeah. their stuff up there. But now you get. I don't know if I need yeah. to hear that. That's a, that's a scary number. It's huge. That's why Spotify has just revamped their whole funding process. Um, and they made it, they aligned it with some of the other channels. They're like, now the cutoff. Um, and all the labels have always done this. You know, um, the number now is a thousand. If you don't hit a thousand plays, you get nothing. You could be at 750. But all everyone else like have always been that way. There's always been some type of cutoff, you know, because they're getting flooded. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a you know, there's good and bad, right? There's just, um, but it it has become real easy to make music and put music out, and there's less gatekeepers, but. Um, the saturation makes it harder on the listener to really, you know, still explore music and try to find new music and not just stick to the, the tried and true stuff that is it's probably why classic rock is so prevalent, right? It's just it's an easy go-to because you don't have to do a lot of work, you know, to find to find good music there. Um, but the you know, I was just thinking that some of the stations too don't make it easy like to skip a song that maybe doesn't resonate with you, you know? So they're going to go to a station that they know is tried and true. Right. Yeah, that's true. That's really true. But, you know, I think, um, you know, to me, I'm always trying to find new music, you know, new artists doing cool stuff, writing something that sounds uh, unique and different and, you know, I don't think you can, you know, I'm sure people do it. They just listen to the same, the same music over and over. But I like to, I like to explore new artists and, you know, fresh artists. I do too. And I think the beauty of country music, which is different than pop, 
you have and a pop billboard, you're gonna have the same artists there for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. For country, they do seem to give new artists a listen. And there seems to be a little bit like we were talking about a little bit before about the AMA charts. You know, there's constantly people kind of moving up and down. Um, and they seem to be more open to the new the new music that's coming out. Yeah, I think that's really true. Um, you know, the community stations, the college stations, the AMA stations, they seem to be searching for something. They, you know, they, they seem to take pride in, in introducing, you know, and being a, a little curate, you know, curating and saying, hey, I found something that I think is worthy and I'm going to expose you to it. So that's what I love. You know, I love that about satellite radio. I love that about, um, you know, AMA radio. You know, by being on, having my record released and and getting airplay on AMA radio, I, I got to listen to some of the stations across the country. And they're so good. You know, they're just, they, they do a, just a, an amazing job of really, you can tell it's done with love. You know, it's done with a yeah. lot of love and care. And, um, you know, they don't, and they don't let stuff in that easy. It's not, you know, it's not, they're getting a lot of stuff in. So, um, you know, I feel proud that, you know, we got this record to uh, 32 in the album chart and, um, and, you know, got some good airplay around the country. Right. right. And I talked to some of these, you know, when you interview these radio stations, these people, um, it's amazing the amount of music they literally go through and oh. pick their best, you know, and to make it through that process, you know, is amazing. That's something that the streaming radio, you, nobody's a gatekeeper, like you said, but these radio stations, which is why I think they're still alive and well is because somebody's curating for them and showing the best and the brightest of what's out there. And I still yeah. love for that. Yeah, and and there's just you know there's there's one in L.A. There's one you know there's many in cities. It just gives you a personality to the community, and you know there's local news, local you know personalities on there, and they're playing local music as well. So there's still room for it. You know, obviously it's it's tough. You know everything's everything's uh, fighting for space in our brains. You know whether it's Vinyl, you know, CDs, uh, radio, you know, the streaming services, uh, videos. I mean, it's it's kind of nuts. It is. Well, speaking of kind of nuts, let's go with um, your next video up is You're So Right. This um, one's got a lot of Tommy Dedamore pedal steel in it, as well as Randy yeah. Bull's guitar. All right. So let's hear some good pedal steel. All right. Tell me, but my heart wouldn't listen. I was too busy thinking about the hugging and the kissing. You stepped on the brakes. I never saw the lights. Little by little, there was something missing. I could tell our love was in a bad condition. I tried to hold on with all my might. 
All right, and we're back on the ranch. We're here with John Serge. I gotta say, I'm impressed with the female bass player. Yay! Yeah, that's uh, Teresa Cowles. Yeah, she's she's been with us for six years now. She's great. Yeah, I saw her in a couple of these videos, and I was like, yeah. 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 <laughs> you think you guys have it tough in the business? You know, what, oh, yeah. one in five band members is a girl. So, yeah. We always hear the stories, um, you know, like a sound man, if something's happened wrong with uh, her equipment or something's not working, the, the sound men or, you know, are oftentimes a little bit, um, they, kind of will question her ability to use her own equipment, you know, if you know what I mean. So- Oh, I, yes, I do. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's it, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of sexism still in the, in the music business with, with women playing music. Yeah, it is alive and well. And it's, yeah. you know, things like that are a little bit more subtle um but there are a lot more kind of overt things that are going on so i'm glad you you know you're right behind your female and supporting each other and i love that yeah for sure no but it's because it's a tough business all the way around you know that's for sure and you know we don't we don't we don't even even more of it, you know, the more hurdles and more challenges. That's it's challenging true. enough. True. <laughs> you know, because I really think the indie artists are really out of their best when they're supporting each other and not, you know, bringing each other down. It's just too hard. You know? Yeah, we have a great community in, in LA and Southern California, really supportive. You know, it's a really an amalgamation of, you know, this country, Ameri what you call Americana, uh, uh, roots music, a lot of a lot of new grass, you know, bluegrass, and it's a really supportive community. So I feel really fortunate to be part of that. And a lot of friends, and you go to a show, and it's it's like a a friendly get together, and and very supportive, not competitive really at all. Oh, that's great. That's the way it should be. That's what really what music is all about. So we, yeah. have, we have a couple more minutes here, John. Tell us what's coming up next. Where can we find you? Where are you going to be? Tell us all things John Surge. Well, um, I have a couple of actually duo shows. Randy Boland and I are going to do a couple of opening gigs for uh, with Sunny Sweeney. I don't know if you know Sunny Sweeney, but uh, she's a, a, a great uh, touring uh, Texas singer and she's coming out here to play a show in Ramona, California on December 7th and in West Hollywood on December 10th and we're been fortunate enough that we're going to be opening up those two shows and then yeah so that's going to be really exciting real fun and and then our uh, week our monthly fourth Wednesday show right after Christmas, two days after Christmas, we'll be doing a full on honky tonk show, uh, kind of get the cobwebs off the holidays. And yeah. we, have a, we have a, there's a dive bar we play in Tarzana called uh, Maui Sugar Mill Saloon. And we're kind of regulars there. And so we always look forward to that. And that's always a great time. Oh, when you have a regular crowd, that's gotta be the best. Yeah, right? it's good. You know, yeah. 
That's really, really good. So your new music has dropped, is dropping, will be dropping. Uh, our, the new music, the, the record, uh, the new album called Almost Time was released in late September. And so it's been out now about two months and a couple of weeks or so. So it's available you know, um, on Bandcamp uh, through johnsurge.com. Um, you know, and of course, all the streaming stuff, you know, Spotify and Apple Music and Amazon and all that stuff as well. Well, again, if you really want to support your local artists, you'll go to Bandcamp on Fridays, Bandcamp Fridays, and download a song because all that money goes to the artist. Where Spotify, you have to pay play a song 317 times for you to get $1. So, guys, That's everyone out listening man that's how you support that's how you support your artists you know yeah so you either, get, you either have a choice go there listen to it download it and you can listen to it 300 times or keep hitting play 300 times on on spotify but, that's right that's right the choice <laughs> is yours choose wisely that's right. i'll take either one either one's good <laughs> or come to the show hit the tip jar you know we, that's we right. need to eat we need yeah. to eat well, thank you so much for having me on here. Thanks for doing this. This is very cool. And is oh, I'm glad. I know. I'm glad between our schedules, we were able to work it out. And um, we got to thank Joe for, for making the introduction. So That's give right. him a shout out, Joe Estrada, our guy, uh, for helping us out. So we're here every Monday, well, mostly every Monday at 7 Eastern time. So you're still in the afternoon. like. I'm ready to like put my slippers on and like, <laughs> yeah. you guys are just getting going there. That's right. We're having sunset. We have a beautiful sunset here in California right now. I love having, I've had um, interviews in New Zealand and they're like a day ahead, you know, it's right. the craziest thing. Like you're in the previous night and they're like starting their morning show. It's really, really crazy. Yeah. So, well, John, we look forward to hearing your music, um, YouTube, go to Bandcamp, find you, go to a live show, and we look forward to seeing you around. Okay. Thank you so much, Randy. All right. Thanks for hanging out. Take care. Bye-bye. I'm on the road. Don't know where it So we're clear. Okay. I thought that went well. Yeah, it was great. I, I thought it was fun. And we had some people popping in and out. <laughs>